Welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. In the studio with me is my co-host, Doug Wortham. And on today's show, we're going to prepare for Veterans Day with the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs and talk to the incoming and outgoing senior enlisted leaders of the Minnesota National Guard. But first, it's time for Generally Speaking, a weekly message from the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard, Major General Sean Mankey. Veterans Day is a celebration of all those who have served and continue to serve our nation with honor and distinction. Each year we pay tribute to American veterans for their devotion, patriotism, selfless service, and sacrifice on behalf of all of us. Their loyalty to our country and their great courage have made us what we are today and what we've been for more than two centuries, a beacon of hope in an increasingly complex world. We say thank you not only to them, but also to their families, for they too have sacrificed. On behalf of the Minnesota National Guard, please join me in wishing a happy Veterans Day to those who have served and those who continue to serve this great nation. Thank you, General Mankey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. Doug, I think we're going to have a great show today. The first half of the show, we're going to focus on Veterans Day, which is coming up soon with the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. And then we've got a couple of uh, senior enlisted leaders coming in that uh, one is in your position that you vacated uh, several years ago and and the other one that's just moving into that. So that should be uh, Pretty exciting second half of the show. Yeah, absolutely looking forward to uh, having a conversation with those two senior leaders and, and of course, having a conversation to find out what's going on around that Veterans Day um, holiday and, and what the state is uh, is doing to prepare for that and celebrate. Yep, and we've got uh, two people from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs with us today, Ann Sani, who's the Communications Director, and Beth Barstow, who's the Public Affairs Manager and one of our producers representing the MDVA on the show for many, many years. And Beth, welcome to the studio. And Beth, good to have you in here behind the microphone. Thank you, Tom. Happy to be here today. Good to be here, Tom. Thanks for having us. And did you coerce her into coming in with you today? I did. Yes, I told her that she should really be doing this interview by herself because she is in charge of our Veterans Day program. But I'm here for moral support. (laughs) Well, we don't get her behind the microphone very often. But when we do, she does a great job. I know it. And, of course, she's, she's helping with all the guests that we have on the show every year for 12 years uh, from the MDVA side so we can tell the stories of all the programs and services and homes and all the mm-hmm. great things that happen over at the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Exactly. And, Ann, you're in the middle of that. You're the communications director of the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and you're responsible for the MDVA's internal and external communications, including public and media relations, marketing, social media, website, publications, and special events, I think we got you in the right spot behind the microphone. Absolutely. I, I love to communicate. <laughs> and I have to ask you this. I understand uh, your parents were both in the military. Absolutely. Uh, it's an honor for me to work for MDVA, but I myself am not a veteran. But, uh, yes, my mom and my dad are both World War II veterans. My mom was a Navy WAVE stationed in Pensacola, Florida, and my dad was uh, a staff sergeant in the Army, uh, was in the Battle of the Bulge. And uh, my mom always told my dad uh, she outranked him. She was a lieutenant, so she ruled the roost. <laughs> and he'll probably be listening to this show, so we better be careful doing right, the job. Right, right, exactly. And Beth, welcome to Behind the Microphone. Uh, can you share with our listeners, you served in the military yourself. I did, yep. Um, I was in the Minnesota Army National Guard um, from... I joined as a junior in high school, so my parents had to sign the papers for me. Um, so that was in 2003, and then I um, got out in 2011 with one deployment to Kuwait. And uh, I'm 
shortly after that, you went, you moved over to the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and I think that was when uh, Commissioner Shalito was over there, wasn't it? Well, I actually interned there when I got back from my deployment for a summer, um, and that was before General Shalito, um, before he was commissioner. And then I moved on, finished my education with my GI Bill and federal benefits, and then worked for the Minnesota Twins uh, in the inaugural 2010 season at the new stadium. And then a job happened to come open in communications at the MDVA. So that's kind of my story. And you've helped us pull this show together for many, many years. Yeah. Chased all kinds of guests and got people in here. And uh, it's been a, an honor and a privilege to tell the story of all the stuff going on at the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. I think there's still some people in Minnesota that aren't aware of how much the MDVA does for our veterans and their families. Absolutely. And it's been a privilege for me to be able to, uh, as a veteran myself, to continue to give back uh, in the job that I'm currently in. And that's why I enjoy it so much. And one of my favorite parts, obviously, is this radio show. So <laughs> We're speaking with uh, Ann Sani and Beth Barstow from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs on Minnesota Military Radio. And, uh, Beth, uh, the focus, I think, here is uh, coming up very shortly is Veterans Day. And I know that uh, the MDVA does a lot of things to recognize Veterans Day and organize things, but the pandemic has, uh, has caused a little problem with that the last couple of years. Absolutely. So the last two years, um, we have done uh, a video. We always want to make sure we honor our veterans and not being able to gather in person meant that we created a few really special videos for Veterans Day. And each of them had, I think, over a thousand views. Um, so people were engaged uh, even though we were all at home or where else, wh- wherever we were. Um, and so we're really excited this year. So this will be the first time since 2019 that we're doing an in-person event. Um, and it'll be at the Invergrove Heights Veterans Memorial Community Center, which we've typically hosted in the past. So a lot of the listeners might recognize that location. Um, so we're really excited to gather um, on November 11th. We'll have a free breakfast from 830 to 930. Um, and then a program will start at 10. And, yeah, we're just really excited. Uh, This year we'll have the 34th Infantry uh, Red Bull Division Band again, which is awesome. They're full band. I think it's 45 members, if I remember correctly. Um, And so they are a wonderful component of the day. And then, obviously, our commissioner, um, Larry Herkey, will be there presenting remarks. We've also invited the governor, um, the Minnesota National Guard General um, Sean Mankey, Major General Sean Mankey, excuse me, will be there. Um, and then the congressional de- delegation as well. And so we're just really excited to celebrate veterans. That's what this day is about. So Veterans Day this year is Friday, November 11th, and that's going to be over at the Invergrove Heights Veterans Memorial Community Center. And, of course, Veterans Day goes goes back to 1919, and at the end of World War I, they signed the armistice on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. And so we try to try to stick with that and, and uh, I remember a few years ago, we were over there with the radio show when we were doing the, the Veterans Day, and uh, we had a little technical problem that day because too many people showed up with cell phones and we lost our coverage. Yep. <laughs> but we got through the show. Yeah, we did. Uh, and you must be excited about the opportunity to have that back in person. Absolutely. When, uh, when I attended my first Veterans Day program back in 2019, I just was so impressed uh, there's balloons and music, and it's just very, very festive. And I think uh, people just—it's—it's uh, it's such a great feeling to be there and be part of that that program and hear uh, the speakers and just be together with other people and just be honoring our veterans on that day. 
And Beth, uh, as you know, the Commander's Task Force is made up of the eight federally chartered veteran service organizations. We have them all on the show every year. And as I recall from being over there in person, most of those uh, folks show up at, the, at this event, and, and uh, it seems like they all know each other, even though there's hundreds of people. Exactly. Um, in fact, they are a co-sponsor of our event every year. Um, so we really look forward to having all of our commanders, whether they're there in person or, um, you know, they have other other folks that uh, will come and attend. And I will be remiss if I don't say on air, our MC for this year is Sir Tom Lyons. Who's for, that guy? For our Veterans Day program, <laughs> and we are so excited. And after the show today, you've got to you've got to give me a language lesson. Oh, I want okay. you to teach me how to say the word that's spelled N O. I have trouble saying <laughs> that word, and, and then we're, I get roped into these things. Well, we're very honored that you agreed to do it for us, Tom, and you'll do a fantastic job on Veterans Day. I'll do the best I can, Beth. Before we run out of time, we got about a minute left in this segment. Who's invited to attend the program? The event is open to the public, so anyone can you know. Come on down. Um, no, no RSVP needed. Um, you can just show up. And we also encourage um, families that might have small children um, to come. And it's a really nice program. And I think it's a nice way for um, families and veterans and you know children just to kind of be able to experience what it means to give back and say thank you to veterans and celebrate that day. And the local fire department even does a nice thing hanging the flag out there. They do. We appreciate the Invergrove Fire. Invergrove Heights Fire Department, they've been a great partner, and it's such a cool um, visual on the day of. So come on down. That starts at 830, Friday, November 11th, at the Invergrove Heights Veterans Memorial Community Center. And and as I recall, they put on a pretty nice breakfast there, too. Yep, and in addition to this year's breakfast will be um, sausage, or biscuits and gravy, excuse me. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. So we'll have everything else. Sergeant Major is going to show up once breakfast. And biscuits and gravy. That was was our commissioner's uh, special request. Special request. Thank you. (laughs) Ladies, we have to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about Veterans Day uh, that is uh, supported and sponsored by the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. This is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. Doug Wortham's in the studio today is my co-host. And we've been talking to Ann Sani and Beth Barstow uh, from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs about Veterans Day, which is coming up on Friday, November 11th. Uh, and there's going to be an event held over at Invergrove Heights, Invergrove Heights Memorial Community Center uh, Friday morning, November 11th at 830. And, uh, Doug, we got a lot of good information on that, but... Uh, we didn't give Ann a chance to talk too much, so why don't you pick up this conversation? Well, it's interesting. I mean, we have to, of course, reiterate a couple of things, right? So we know that it's on Veterans Day, the big program, uh, the first time that you're able to gather again since 2019 uh, because of the thing we don't like to all talk about. Um, Beth had mentioned that you still had some programming that was done uh, because you still want to honor and recognize our veterans. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about what that programming really looked like and uh, and how it was put together um, and formulated uh, so that you could still push it out and, and have people recognize our veterans? Yeah, right, Doug. Obviously, Veterans Day happens with or without a pandemic happening, and so we were not going to uh, just do nothing for Veterans Day. And so for the last couple of years, we did put together a virtual Veterans Day program. So it was about a 30-minute video uh, hosted by Reg Chapman, who is a reporter here locally with WCCO-TV, but is also a combat veteran. And he did a great job of, of hosting that video for us. But we tried to 
replicate the feeling of, of the things that are part of our in-person program. So we had music and we had interviews with veterans and, and you know, speakers, special messages from the governor and the commissioner. And I want to ask you one question. We didn't clarify it in the first segment. Everybody thinks about Memorial Day and mm-hmm. Veterans Day. Memorial Day is the day that we honor those that have died. Correct. Veterans Day is where we thank our living veterans and their families for their sacrifices. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, there is a lot of confusion sometimes out there in the public about the difference between those two holidays. Uh, But, yeah, you're right, Tom, that Memorial Day is about recognizing those who have passed. And Veterans Day is a great day to say thank you to those who are here to still hear that message. And this year we hope the pandemic's behind us and we can all gather up and and have a little fun that morning. Absolutely. We did talk about a couple of months ago when we started planning uh, what if, you know, because we sometimes hear, oh, there's going to be a surge, uh, whether it's the flu or the COVID pandemic. And luckily, uh, although there are some some people still, uh, you know, fighting uh, the virus that we are going to go ahead, have this in-person program and really excited to get people back together again. So, and I've attended this event uh, previously and just a fantastic event. Um, great presentation speakers, just the vibe in the building is, is great. And, and it was packed. Mm-hmm. So um, I think Beth alluded to, you know, 500 or, you know, whatever p- number of people that have filled this thing, no RSVPs are needed. So is there anything that uh, the Department of Veterans Affairs is having to do to, you know, change up because of a concern for the pandemic? Or is it, hey, look, we are just back to normal and, and this is going to happen and just just come on down. We're not worried about doing other things. No, that's a good question, Doug, because I think we still want to recognize that we have been through a a pandemic and we still want to be uh, doing some best practices when it comes to, uh, you know, keeping people safe and and following our our, uh, things we've learned through the pandemic. So, of course, we'll have that hand sanitizer available for people. Uh, We actually are going to have our catering staff serve people the breakfast. It's a buffet breakfast instead of everybody individually, you know, helping themselves. So try to minimize some of the germ exposure there. But um, we're we're very happy that we are able to have people come back together and, and we hope people will become comfortable joining us. And I think it's important that that we talk about this because some people may not be comfortable, um, you know, due to their own personal circumstances. So if you come down to this event, if you're comfortable and you want to wear a mask, wear a mask, but understand that it's not a requirement. We are going to take other precautions, but there very well could be a full house again, Mm -hmm. and and we, we should be prepared for that. Right. Yep. Uh, we have a capacity of about 500 and we would love to uh, have standing room only if we could if we could make that happen. Uh, but for those folks who either cannot attend or aren't comfortable attending in person, we just want to make sure people know that we can also uh, have our program online. So if it's something you'd like to look at uh, on our uh, on our website, go to our Minnesota veteran.org slash events. That's our website. And if you go to that website, there'll be a link there on Veterans Day where you can watch live. There'll be a live stream of the program that day from 10 to 11. Uh, It'll also be recorded. So for anyone who would like to just watch it later that day or, you know, the the next day or the next week, it'll it'll be out there then um, for people to watch either live or afterwards. So you're really making a great effort to try to accommodate 
mm-hmm. everybody, regardless of situation. Come in person, watch online, watch later on. And again, that's minnesotaveteran.org slash events. Right. And, uh, and, and that'll get a person right to where that live stream is going to be. Yep, that's correct. So we hope one way or another, everybody can join us, whether live, in person, online, or watch it later. So, Ann, this is the first year, last couple of years, we had to do this with your with your videos, which were tremendous, by the way. But this year, we still want to be careful. So for our listeners, if you've got the cold or the flu, stay home, watch mm-hmm. online. And, of course, if you if you think you've come down with the COVID, follow the, sure. the, the doctor's orders and, and right. stay home. Uh, we'd like to see you, but mm-hmm. come on down if you're healthy. If you have any kind of problems, just check it out online. Once again, that's minnesotaveteran.org slash events. And uh, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I'm, yeah, we I'm, are too. I'm hoping that uh, the governor can make it, whoever mm-hmm. the governor may be that day. And, uh, and of course, we'll have the commissioner down there and the adjutant general and all those veteran service organizations. Uh, early on in those things, when I've been there, it's like, you know, half the people in the room, and, it, and it's old. It's kind of old time week, and mm-hmm. and the veterans just love it down there. But yeah, I will say one of my favorite parts of the program is when the thirty fourth uh, Infantry Division Red Bull Band plays the Armed Services Salute, where each branch of the service gets to hear their song, and we encourage them to stand up. And it's really fun to look around that room and see the different veterans standing up and very proud of their branch of service. Yeah, and, and of course, the band. I mean, we just can't say enough about them on how professional they are, how great they sound. And so anytime you get an opportunity to hear the 34th Infantry Division Red Bull Band play, it's an honor, and it's great to be able to have them there. So, Beth, we just got a few minutes left in this segment. Can you tell us once again... Uh, where is this Veterans Day event? Who's invited? And, and uh, uh, what time does it all start? So our Veterans Day event will be Friday, November 11th. Um, the free community breakfast will be from 8.30 to 9.30. Um, and our program starts at 10. And anyone is welcome to come, families, veterans, community members, um, you name it. Um, we're happy to have anybody. Um, and it will be at the Veterans Memorial Community Center in Invergrove Heights. So if you're looking at the community center, It'll be the west entrance. That's where you'll go into the actual program itself on the drill floor. Um, okay, so Friday, November 11th, uh, at the Invergrove Heights Veterans Memorial Community Center. Breakfast starts at 8.30, program starts at 10. We'll see if that M- MC shows up on time and can get anything done over there. I hope so. We're <laughs> looking forward to it, Tom. And Ann, uh, just a couple minutes left, Veterans Day. It's all about those who have served and in in those that are currently serving. Yep, absolutely. In Minnesota, we have over 300,000 veterans that uh, that we are serving ourselves now. It's a, it's a real honor. We always say that we're serving those who have served at the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. And uh, we have uh, our program here in the Twin Cities that we hope uh, our local veterans will attend. But we know there's programs all over the state that different uh, posts might be sponsoring different cities or counties. So we hope everybody will take a moment uh, on Veterans Day to think about uh, those who have served and sacrificed for our freedoms. And, of course, uh, that's going to be Friday, November 11th. But all of you at the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs take care of veterans every day, all day. That's right, all day, every day. There's about 1,500 of us that work for MDVA, and everyone shares that passion for caring for our veterans. And if any of our listeners are veterans and they need some help or they need to ask some questions, mm-hmm. Beth, how, how can they get a hold of you and your folks at the MDVA? Um, 188-LINK-VET would be a number to call, or you can visit our website at minnesotaveteran.org. Um, and we have a nice chat uh, chat option, or you can speak to someone in person. Um, so th- that would be my 
my my best option. Or talk to your county veteran service officer. They're they're the first people we send our veterans to just to help them kind of navigate what they're looking for, what they you know what their needs are, and we can get them in the right place to the right person. Well, anything they need, they can start with their county veteran service officer, or they can go to that one eight 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 link vet and ask any question you need because you're there to let them know where the help is. Yep. Ladies, I hope we get a good turnout on uh, Friday, November 11th uh, at 8.30 for breakfast, 10 o'clock for the show, and uh, at Invergrove Heights Veterans Memorial Community Center. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Tom. Zan Sani, the Communications Director, and Beth Barstow, the Public Affairs Manager, and our one of our producers of Minnesota Military Radio. Uh, and remember to join everyone for Veterans Day uh, coming up soon. Please stay with us. We'll be right back, and we're going to meet the outgoing and incoming senior enlisted leaders of the Minnesota National Guard. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons, and the studio with me is uh, Doug Wortham, who's my co-host. And in a moment, we're going to talk to the incoming and outgoing senior enlisted leaders of the Minnesota National Guard. But first, it's time for the Commissioner's Corner, a weekly update from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Now, here's Commissioner Larry Herkey. I'm honored to be with you this week as we prepare to celebrate Veterans Day around the state and nation. Veterans Day is truly a day to celebrate. Visit minnesotaveteran.org for more information. On Veterans Day, we celebrate the humble men and women who have understood the call of duty, the meaning of honor, and the values of this nation. They did not serve for glory or fame. They served to preserve our way of life. For this, we honor them as America's finest citizens. It is because of our veterans who defended our country and embody its purpose and vision that we continue to be a prosperous and free nation. To our veterans listening, on behalf of the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, it is my honor to say thank you for your service and happy Veterans Day. Thank you, Commissioner Herkey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. My co-host is uh, Doug Wortham, and for our uh, listeners that might not recall, uh, for about five years or so, he was the uh, state of Minnesota, the command uh, sergeant major for the Minnesota National Guard, which was referred to at the end of your time as senior enlisted leader to the adjutant general of the Minnesota National Guard. And, Doug, we're going to be talking about that seat, that position at the Minnesota National Guard because it's changing. And we've got a couple guests here to, to discuss that with. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it was during my tenure when I started, it was the senior enlisted advisor. And then um, they kind of refined the way the position was, and it became the command senior enlisted leader, which is the way it was when I left and turned it over. And and honestly, it kind of seems like it was just yesterday. I mean, time flies. And um, I'll introduce our guests here in the studio. We'll have a little conversation, talk about how that time has flown and, and a little bit about the things that, uh, that uh, you've done over your careers. But uh, before we, we get into the, all of that, let me make that introduction. So we do have the person that I handed the reins over to, and that is Command Sergeant Major Brian Soper, who is the uh, current Command Senior Enlisted Leader for the Minnesota National Guard. So that's of the Army and Air. Brian, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. Hey, thanks for having me. It's fine to be back in the studio again. And, of course, the person you'll be handing the reins over to is Command Chief Master Sergeant Lisa Erickson and uh, currently is uh, the Command Chief for the Minnesota Air National Guard. So, Lisa, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. Thanks for having me today. So I'm going to talk to you in a little bit, get some info on you, but I really want to key in on Brian here and and, uh, just kind of give him the business. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) 
Brian, Sergeant Major, why don't you just give us a little bit of kind of a rundown of, of where your career started and obviously, you know, where it is right now as the command senior enlisted leader. I'll give you the real abbreviated version. So I started out uh, graduating from uh, high school in North Dakota, ended up joining the active duty back in 1985, so a long time ago. Um, got off active duty, joined the National Guard in North Dakota, went to the University of North Dakota, graduated from North Dakota, ended up moving to Minnesota like so many do from North Dakota, and uh, stuck in the North Dakota National Guard for quite a while, but then had an opportunity to uh, do an interstate transfer, transferred to uh, Minnesota, where I've stayed for about 15 years of my career, deployed twice, actually three times uh, during that period, and then had the opportunity to go on to uh, what they call Title 10 tours. So I departed Minnesota as uh, the squadron command sergeant major up in Duluth uh, for 9-4 CAV and went to ARNG and was the uh, G3 sergeant major, so the operations sergeant major for all of the Army National Guard. Uh, from there, I ended up at the Warrior Transition Brigade, which is uh, essentially at Walter Reed taking care of our wounded, ill, and injured soldiers. Uh, then I had a brief stint over in uh, Hawaii at the United States Army Pacific as the senior enlisted advisor there to uh, four-star command and then was selected as your replacement here in Minnesota by uh, now Lieutenant General Jensen and was the um, – or is the uh, – am the um, command senior enlisted leader for the Minnesota National Guard. Yeah, so in our, our paths really crossed – um, I mean, probably many times, but I really first got to know you um, when I was in the J3 and you were out in the G3. So the operations sergeant major, I was the operations sergeant major for the state. You were out at uh, National Guard Bureau. And that's kind of when we got to know each other and, and started to see each other on a more uh, frequent basis. So that Title 10 uh, opportunity for you out of the National Guard Bureau kind of set the stage and gave you additional exposure and an opportunity to set you up for success for what would soon come. Absolutely. It was a great opportunity. Um, I never really saw after that that I would continue on, but opportunities were presented to me and I just kept taking them. So it was very grateful for, uh, you know, the leadership that I had. It was kind of funny. I actually followed Doug at uh, 851 Vertical Engineer Company when he was uh, moving on to become, I think, the brigade ops sergeant major at that time. And, uh, you know, and then he kept on moving and I kept on following him to some degree, but I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. So, um, just looking back over the last um, three years, I mean, obviously you've had a great, great career. So a lot of things you got to do, a lot of things you got to see. But I, I want to focus in on the last three years because as the most senior enlisted person inside of the Minnesota National Guard, so we're talking, you know, 13,000 soldiers and airmen that you have responsibility for. What what are the things that you're really most proud of over over that three-year tenure? Because I know you come in, you you have your 100-day plan, you've got your goals, your priorities. Um, you know, so what are the things that really, really made you proud to have had the opportunity to serve in this position? You know, number one, and, and it goes back to the priorities of the organization, and that's people. And I just think back to, you know, when when I took – when I finally got back from Hawaii, it was December – and not that long after we we were into the pandemic, so a couple months after that, so it really was a trial by fire. We got into the pandemic, and then from the pandemic, we went to the George Floyd murder and essentially civil unrest. And um, you know, through that entire time where we had Operation uh, Safety Net, et cetera, it was just amazed me the resiliency of our force. So on the Army and Air side, 
you know, when we had, you know, during civil unrest, we had 500 soldiers and airmen sleeping at Cedar Street, as an example, the armory on on the Capitol. And we had soldiers sleeping in the Capitol during uh, that time frame. We had soldiers pretty much at every armory in the city, um, you know, packed and, you know, and airmen. And it was uh, it was just amazing to see, you know, with, with all the challenges that were going on and all the things that they faced, how they were able to snap back and continue to serve and do it in an incredible way that, you know, uh, gave you know, you that that feeling inside that you're just like, man, I'm so proud to be a part of this organization. Yeah, and it had to be just crazy interesting times. I mean, you you know, I had the advantage of not having to deal with any of that kind of stuff towards the end of my uh, tenure. And, you know, the state was wide open, right? We were, we were traveling. We were able to get out and visit with our soldiers and airmen. I tried to do that on a very frequent basis. You, you get to us from Hawaii, and all of a sudden, all that stuff is locked down, and, and you can't do that. So how do you continue then to promote that people-first mentality when you have a very limited opportunity to even get out and be in front of them and talk to them, interact with them? You know, and you're right. It was interesting. I, one of the things I did do um, was I drove to every armory in our state. So I went and met with all of our full-time staff um, and, and to see what was going on, the temperature of the organization at that time. So around 61 armories uh, in Camp Ripley, and I made it up to Duluth to the 148th and down to the 133rd. But just sat there and had discussions with people and listened to our soldiers to hear what was going on in our airmen, to hear what their thoughts were during that, you know, initial onset during the pandemic and everything was locked down. And then reported back to General Jensen, kind of gave him an understanding of what I was hearing from, you know, the ground level. Um, but then, you know, the, the organization, again, incredibly resilient. All of a sudden we, we figured out we can actually do, you know, what we call video teleconferencing via Zoom or, you know, all the technology that exists out there in the, the civilian sector. So we started to adapt using that technology as well. Now, granted, it's not as good as being in person, but it, it beats not doing anything. So um, we actually did some drills where we didn't do them in person. We had soldiers and airmen doing drill via uh, Zoom, or I think Zoom is what we typically use. But, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was impressive to see our NCOs and, you know, particular NCOs, but then our officers as well, where they were able to put together training plans and execute those training plans during very difficult times and make sure it was quality training. Yeah, that, that's great. So um, I, I've got one more question for you, and, and I don't want to cut you off before we go into break. So we're going to go into break, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to ask you about what it is or what that piece of advice it is that you're going to have for the person that's take over for you. All right. So please stand by. We'll come back with Command Sergeant Major Brian Soper and Command Chief Master Sergeant Lisa Erickson. When we return, this is Minnesota Military Radio. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm Doug Wortham along with Tom Lyons here in the studio, and we've been speaking with Command Sergeant Major Brian Soper and Command Chief Master Sergeant uh, Lisa Erickson, who didn't get to say too much other than hello, and uh, we'll spend some time with her in uh, just a minute. But uh, this is the Command Senior Enlisted Leader position. Uh, there's going to be a transition coming up uh, next week uh, between Command Sergeant Major Brian Soper to Command Chief Master Sergeant Lisa Erickson, and and as I alluded to, as we were heading into the break there, uh, CSM, what, what is that piece of advice that you're going to have or you do have for Command Chief uh, Lisa Erickson as she takes over for you? I'd just like the listeners to know that she broke out her notebook and pen to write this down. So it's uh, pretty good information. So, so number one, 
Number Ooh, one. Number one. I, I numbered them for you. So number one, I would say make sure you take the time to get out of the office to go see our soldiers and airmen doing great things because um, that's the best part of the job is actually getting out and seeing what they're doing, seeing what we need to do to uh, maybe do a course correction with organization. But but you, you'll get sucked into sitting behind your desk and all of a sudden realize you haven't been out of the office for a day or two. And so make sure you take the time to get out. Uh, number two, make sure you put on the adjutant general schedule to come with you to go and do these things. Because as much time as you get sucked into your office, his time um, his time is very uh, challenging to make sure he gets out of the office as well. His, his t- schedule is even tighter. So make sure you, you work your way into having him come out with you because he needs to get out and see the, what's going on with our airmen and soldiers as well. Um, number three, you know, make sure you familiarize yourself. And, you know, it, my coming from the Army, having the air side, you know, make sure you familiarize yourself with all the staff functions. I mean, this is the boring part, but organize, you know, make sure you understand the staff functions. And I think we got something set up for you and uh, the incoming Army Senior Enlisted Advisor, uh, CSM Whitehead, but uh, make sure you take the time to, to learn those staff functions, then all the programs that we have, and also, you know, just where you can use those to insert within the organization, because uh, there's a lot of good stuff out there, and you just need to know where it's at. And then finally, just make sure you have fun. It goes, like Doug had alluded to, it goes quick. Um, you know, the days might seem long sometimes, but when you put those days together, all of a sudden it's been 36 months, and you're, uh, you're doing your change of responsibility script. So, well, you know, with all this time that uh, Command Sergeant Major uh, Soper spent with us on the radio, Tom, uh, he really is trying to maximize this time now. You know, going. I thought I'm glad it was only went, four items. You know, he went overtime. He had some more, but <laughs> so let, let's focus Chief, on Command Chief, Chief here. Erickson, I, I ran out of paper. So. I think it's important here, Chief Erickson, to point out that you have been a Command Chief at several different locations, and you've been through the, the wars here, and, and you probably knew every one of those items that the Sergeant Major just listed for you. You can never hear them too many times, so. Yes, ma'am. So let, let's hear real quick about, about you, though. You want to um, talk about me? Yeah. Where, where did you come from? And talk to us about your career, and then I want to get into some things about what's coming ahead. All right. So I am a 1986 graduate of ESCO High School. Um, If you went back and asked all my teachers if they would see me here today, they'd all laugh at you. I did have a math teacher call me a ditch digger at one point because I just was not mastering some skills. But Mr. Davidson, I'm no longer that. Anyways, so I graduated from high school, did a couple years of college, couldn't pay for it. So I joined the active duty Air Force for four and a half years. I went to Okinawa, Japan was my first first duty assignment, which... A girl from ESCO and Okinawa, two totally different worlds. But I was a jet engine mechanic. I knew nothing about it. I learned everything uh, through hard work and dedication that my parents had taught me growing up. From there, I came back to the States, and I was stationed at McCord Air Force Base, and I was working on the C-141, which they now have retired. So that's how old we are. Um, after that, I, we got out of the active duty, and I came back home to Minnesota, and I quickly missed the uniform, so I put the uniform back on and joined the Minnesota National Air National Guard. And I've been serving with the 148th and at Joint Force Headquarters since then. I had a number of jobs at the 148th. The one job I'm most proud of is when I was a recruiter, because once you're a recruiter, you're always a recruiter. And I think that's very important as we move forward today and we talk about things. Um, I also was the wing command chief uh, at the 148th and then the state command chief. And now next Thursday, I transition into this next role. So a lot of, uh, again, great experience. And I just want to point out real quick when she said that's how old we are, Tom. She was looking at you 
when she said we. I specifically was looking. And I saw you roll your eyes, but I want you to know that airmen always tell the truth. (laughs) This is what she was saying. And so let's not read any words into the command. (laughs) Chief, what has she to say here? Let her talk. Yes. Well, Speaking of letting you talk, okay. uh, th- this is a big responsibility. Huge. Um, you know, I've, I've served with both of you for a number of years. I've known you for quite a while. Um, taught me a lot of things when I was in my position about the 148th and, and the, uh, the Air Guard. But now you are it. You are the senior enlisted person for the state of Minnesota, the Army and Air National Guard. Um, big responsibility. So what is it that you want to be able to do with this position? What are you looking at as far as your priorities go, um, initiatives that you want to put together? Well, first and foremost, obviously, will be the people. Uh, I've always said people are my priority, and they are with, you know, that nests right in with the TAG's priorities. Um, but honest to goodness, if anyone were to ever ask you about me, I am a people person. I have to be around people. I like to be around people. So I find this as a really natural role for me. So when Command Sergeant Major Soper says, get out of your office, yes, I will be out of the office because I enjoy being around soldiers and airmen, and it feeds my soul. Um the biggest thing, I have a huge learning curve, but I have a great team that's going to be helping me. I have Command Sergeant Major Whitehead, who's going to be sitting at the at the table with me as the senior enlisted Army uh, advisor. So um, I sat next to Command Sergeant Major Soper. He'll sit next to me. So between the two of us, I think we have a really bright future for the Air National Guard and the Minnesota National Guard as a whole. So working with the other two wing command chiefs, Chief Legbold and Chief Mikitin, I think we have a really good team, and I'm looking forward to what we can do to move us forward. And that, that's the thing about serving, isn't it, mm-hmm. is you always have to be ready for the opportunities. I remember yeah. not too long ago where you might not have thought about taking that next opportunity, but now look at where you are right. uh, moving into that command chief position, now the command senior enlisted leader position. Um, you did a short stint in the state command chief position. Yeah, a year. But but you're still set up for success yes. where you're at. Yes. And, and I want to point out, and you know, not to... Um, to, to focus in on this, but this will be the first time since the command senior enlisted leader position has come into existence where we're going to have an Air Force person yeah. being the, the leader, that senior enlisted person. Yeah, I mean, it really puts a new meaning to joint. I mean, for the first time, we're actually going to have an Air Guard person sitting at the table. And TAG has always invited us to the table and has been very welcoming. But by asking me and appointing me into this position, he sends a big message, I think, to all the Air Guard that... He hears us, he wants us at the table, and he's asking me to be their voice at the table. And I'm super excited about that. It's finally, it's time, and, and we'll move forward and we'll make great changes to uh, include the air in a lot of things. Uh, Chief, you know I was in the Air Force and you the were. Air National Guard 133rd. Yes. I've been surrounded by these soldiers for 12 years doing Minnesota military mm-hmm. radio. you got a big job on your hands. You've got a couple thousand airmen, but you've got 12,000 soldiers that you, you've got to take care of. I don't take that lightly. I know. <laughs> I, I look at that as a, a huge opportunity for me to get out there and, and see what all the Minnesota National Guard has to offer. Well, you, uh, you've you got a great personality for it. Uh, when you talk about being a people person, um you definitely are. Um, I know that you are not afraid to walk up to someone and create or start a conversation with them. And so Correct. you'll have great opportunity to to learn lots of things. And, and here's what I know from my time. When you ask soldiers and airmen about what it is that they're doing, they love to share with you what it is that they're doing because they have a lot of pride in the job that they perform for their unit, for the state. 
Yes, they do. And I'm always the person, I'm a connector. So I'll always ask them, well, where'd you graduate from? Where are you from? And, and if I know the area, I'll say, well, what's your parents' name? I'm a connector in that sense. So look forward to me asking you where you're from, who your folks are. Well, we have just about one minute left. And, and I do want to ask both of you this same question. What would you say to those people that are currently serving uh, today or tomorrow? What message do you want to share with, with uh, maybe future and or um, current serving members? Um, okay, so for just current and future, hey, first off, thank you for your service. Um, it's incredibly impressive that individuals still continue to raise their hand and join our, our organization. And we're incredibly blessed to have the members that we currently do and, you know, the ones that we're, we're seeking to have join our organization coming forward. So if you're, if you're looking to join, we absolutely have opportunities all across the state, both on the Army and Air side, that we'd love to have you be a part of. Just know that we have your back. Nothing is going to change. Command Sergeant Major Soper had your back. Command Sergeant Major Wortham had your back. I will have your back. It's all, everything's going to be good at the end of the day. Well, thank you for your service uh, to both of you, and, and what a great message, especially as we are on uh, approaching uh, vet- Veterans Day here next week. Command Sergeant, Sergeant Major uh, Soper, best of luck to you on whatever comes in your future. Thank you for your service, and Command Chief Lisa Erickson, thank you, and good luck in what comes next. We appreciate you being here on Minnesota Military Radio. Sergeant Major, I've enjoyed talking with you over the last few years, and I hope retirement has great things for you. And uh, Chief, Can't we're going to have some fun the next few years. Yes, and, we are. And get uh, your your uh, reaction to being in this uh, very important position. Oh yeah, let's see me in ninety know. days. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. We're just about out of time. Thanks for listening to this edition of Minnesota Military Radio. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us this week, Ann Sani and Beth Barstow from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, Command Sergeant Major Brian Soper, Command Chief Master Sergeant Lisa Erickson, uh, my co-host Doug Wortham, Commissioner Larry Herkey, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and finally Minnesota's Adjutant General, Major General Sean Makey. Please join us next week as we talk about caregivers at the Minneapolis VA and get an update from Minnesota's Beyond the Yellow Ribbon Program. That's coming up next weekend on this station or online anytime at minnesotamilitaryradio.com. I'm Tom Lyons, and I hope that you make a difference in someone's life this week. Minnesota Military Radio is a production of iHeartMedia, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, the Minneapolis VA, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, and the Minnesota National Guard. Your host is Tom Lyons, founder and owner of Phelan Partners Limited, a merger and acquisition advisory firm. Tom is a life member of the American Legion, VFW, Vietnam Veterans of America, and the DAV. For podcasts and the latest updates, follow us at minnesotamilitaryradio.com.